You're listening to Clock Shelves Entertainment, the only podcast network bringing you great times. Hey everyone, this is Future Paul coming at you. This episode that you're about to listen to was recorded quite some time ago. Do apologize for the delay, but I'm just letting you know that this episode is brought to you with limited interruptions today, brought to you by content club that is patreon.com slash clock shelves um and our new podcast series buffy verse and converse that's a show where myself and several frequent clock shelves collaborators get together to talk about buffy the vampire slayer the television series 25 years later that's right it's been 25 years since buffy the vampire slayer rolled into sunnydale and into our geeky hearts and we are going episode by episode uh going over the episode or i'm sorry going over the series and um the great thing about it is some people have watched the series some people haven't watched the series so we're We're getting all sorts of viewpoints from various ages, various levels of fandom, and everything in between. So make sure you go check that out. Available now. The first several episodes are available now. uninterrupted over at Content Club, coming to your favorite podcast feed anywhere you get podcasts. But for now, enjoy this episode brought to you with limited interruptions from Buffyverse and Converse on Content Club. Chit-chat about this and that Oh yes, no stress, we keep coming back JBC and all his friends from far and near Maybe make you cry, maybe bring you some cheer So many people with so much to say From pop culture to travel, weird news to Q&A No topic is too small Here on our show, Paul and All Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Paul and All As always, I am your host, Paul Casey And I am delighted to have these two gentlemen with me today I actually have not recorded just with these two specifically In about four years we were recently talking uh, Right before we started So I am excited to have them on today Go ahead and reintroduce yourselves, guys It's Kevin Zane, here for some unknown reason Not sure how I got here But I did say bring me a cornforth And... And a, and a cornfall showed up. <laughs> I'm Andy from England. <laughs> and yeah, I am also here for a, a completely unknown reason. Paul managed to convince me to come back. But yeah, it's, it's not very hard. You know, I love being here. I am so happy you two are here. I've had this idea. Um, it's something I know, uh, given Kevin's love of uh, television and and just sort of like weird details about things um i know whenever we whenever we talk on whether it be lost with friends or mcu and me uh even when we've done sort of you know year in film things uh we like to talk about some uh behind the scenes details and how certain things are you know cross-referenced and whatnot and i know uh that Sometimes Andy has some some fun with that sort of stuff too. I briefly said right before we started that I know Andy can get some a uh, little serious and I can as well and I know Kevin can as well. I'm not trying to single out Andy. This episode is all purely in 
fun. This is, uh, you know, this is not like I, I haven't necessarily sat and like thought about this it more any more than in terms of hearing about it once or twice and thinking that would be fun. I opened up a few web pages so I can cross-reference a few things once in a great while. But of course, now with everything in... Um, television and film, everything is all about shared universes, right? We have the MCU, of course, we cover that over on MCU and me. Um, we have uh, like law, all the law and orders cross over with each other. And they, of course, have crossed over with the Chicago shows that Dick Wolf does. Um, Homicide Life on the Street has had a few things, especially with the character of John Munch. He's been on everything and he's been on things that aren't just law and order related. He's been on the X-Files and all sorts of things. And, you know, everybody has their, their universe. Kevin Smith has the uh, view askew universe uh, films. And even way back in the day, uh, the universal monster movies, Frankenstein and Dracula and all of those uh, have, you know, sort of coexisted in a, in a universe. But did you guys know that there is perhaps a, larger universe and of course we know even with uh you know M the the mcu there's you know the multiverse and and whatnot but did you guys know there's even a larger universe where things such as marvel and uh you know the law and orders and all of that are even connected to a show our favorite show lost did you know that all of these things actually uh exist or can exist within a an even larger uh cinematic for lack of a better word universe called the tommy westfall universe have either of you ever heard of this i have not i have not no so tommy westfall is a, was a character on a show called saint elsewhere um i don't know honestly i don't know if that show ever really uh translated over into um england or anything but uh, it ran from 1982 to 1988 on NBC. Kevin, are you are you aware of this show, Saint Elsewhere? I'm aware of it. Uh, I think my parents might have watched it back in the day, but I've I've never watched it myself. Okay. Truth be told, I've never watched it either. Andy, have you ever heard of this show? Nope, never. I'm trying to Google this all as quickly as I can. Because <laughs> just for the listeners, Kevin and I had no idea what this episode was about until five minutes. Well, until 30 <laughs> seconds ago, I, I still don't know. No, <laughs> no, neither. It's very true. So, St. Elsewhere is often actually um, included on a bunch of lists of, uh, if you've ever seen, of course, Lost is included in both the best and worst, you know, TV finales of all time. Um, the Sopranos is included in that list and, and so on and so forth. Um, the reason that St. Elsewhere is often included in that list is because it it's, it's a show. Um, so Wikipedia says uh, it starred uh, Ed Flanders, Norman Lloyd, and William Daniels as teaching doctors at an aging, rundown Boston hospital who give interns a promising future in making critical medical and life decisions. So basically it's like ER and Grey's Anatomy and things like that. It was a hospital show. Um, there was a character, uh, a young boy, autistic boy, Tommy Westfall. And the end of the series basically 
it zooms out from the hot from like the the windows of the hospital and it shows the hospital inside of a snow globe that to- that the character of Tommy Westfall is holding and one of the grown-ups or something says something along the lines of I wonder what he thinks about when he looks at that snow globe and that's how the series ended was that basically that's why you, if, if you ever hear things even uh, they made a reference to it on Lost where you know everything happens in a snow globe and that's that's pretty much all a reference to Saint Elsewhere and so once people started making these really goofy and I'm admitting up front, they are very goofy uh, connections that pretty much almost every show or film or everything exists within this grander Tommy Westfall universe. And I'll give you an example. Um, Let's see. Uh, I will just pick, uh, I'm randomly looking through a list here, the show Supernatural, okay? Most of us are, are aware of that show. I'm pretty sure it's translated overseas, right, Andy? Supernatural big big in England or no? Oh, absolutely. I watched like 10 seasons of that. I still need to watch the final few, but um, we'll see when I get around to that. Okay. So uh, the re- the way that that's connected... Um, to the Tommy. Now, a lot of it is, it's again, it's very silly, but a lot of it is in the way of like props and things like that. We've often seen um, Let's potato chips are a commonly used, you know, fake brand name of things. Oceanic Airlines, of course, was used many times before Lost. It's been used many times after Lost, things like that. Um, but one of the things here, there's actually an entire. Um, like wikia about this tommy westfall universe and uh so one of the things that it says um is that gas and sip the fictional gas station chain originating in the 1990 film say anything is frequently mentioned and seen throughout the series of supernatural and somehow i'm sure if i did some digging Say, say anything is connected to the Tommy Westfall universe. So in that way, you know, and it's there's there's things that connect Supernatural to Buffy, Buffy connected to uh, the Saint Elsewhere, and, you know, all of these things. And so there's... Now, there's also things where it says that um, there aren't things such as, you know, characters may reference shows or, uh, you know, watching television shows as being, you know, television shows or whatever. So it's like, oh, how can it be connected if it's, blah, 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 blah. you know, people got on that a few years ago with the MCU where somebody, I think it's Captain America, has a list of things he's missed, such as Star Wars. And everybody's like, so wait, Star Wars exists in the MCU, but how does no one notice that Mace Windu and... uh um um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> Nick Fury. Nick Fury, thank you, Kevin. Look exactly alike because they're both portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson. So does that mean there's a... That's getting super into the minutia and what have you. But I just... I'm pretty I... sure Mace Windu had an eye. <laughs> but it's it just... A second eye. When I, two eyes. When I looked into this, it just started to fascinate me how many things that you never necessarily realize may cross over and and what does so does that mean that pretty much every television show and movie that we like all exist within this grander snow globe of saint elsewhere it blew my mind 
And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure there's there's probably a crap ton that we can talk about, but based off of all of that, what do, what do you guys, I mean, obviously, again, it's all in fun and there's, you know, way more things that show that it doesn't all connect and what have you. But I'm curious what you guys think about this, this uh, concept. So if you haven't already, uh, go check out on Content Club. One of the bonus episodes we have once a month is a show called Two of Us. It features myself and my father uh, going through some different things in Beatles history. Uh, I know that that may not sound like fun to some people. You may not be a Beatles fan, or maybe you're just a casual fan, or what have you, but we're making some interesting discoveries along the way, because one of the things that we uh, have with that show is I provide a lot of research and things like that, and my dad, who was alive for a lot of it, but kind of caught up later because it was happening when he was, you know, incredibly young, uh, but he is one of the biggest Beatles fans fans I know, one of the biggest Beatles fans you'll probably ever meet if you get the chance to meet him, of course. But we kind of provide, it's it's almost like a sports commentary sort of deal where I provide some play-by-play and he provides the color, meaning he can provide some context and some things because he's read various uh, books, he's seen various interviews and heard various interviews and all of these things, and he has such a vast knowledge of all things Beatle-related, and we're covering some topics that aren't necessarily the major topics when it comes to the Beatles. So if you might be interested, go check it out. It's available on Content Club right now, patreon.com slash clockshelves, and it is called Two of Us, and it's us going through the long and winding road of the Beatles. So now that you've said it, I think, like, I have a vague memory of this and and hearing about this. Um, And the snow globe has kind of been used as a device, you know, as as like a little Easter egg in other shows throughout time, right? You know, Um, and all it would take, really, it seems, is one person on the crew is like whether it's, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be the showrunner or the director of a certain episode or a writer of a certain episode, even if it's just like a set designer production assistant, like includes something, you know, that that is that can be tracked back to that canon or whatever and just throw it in the show, you know, like, like you said, the gas station or whatever, like production assistant, you know, they said, oh, we need a gas station and they change it to that. You know, it seems like that they could just throw it in there and now you're part of the, the bigger lexicon or whatever it is. And that's that's what it is, is because so like um, Tarantino uses what is it? Red Apple cigarettes. Right? Um, yes. And like Kevin Smith uses nails, cigarettes and things like that. And those are realistically, yes, there's characters and things like that. But those are like the little things that people pick up on and they say, you know, oh, they use this brand of cigarettes and they use this brand of cigarettes over here. They must exist in the same universe. Brooklyn Nine-Nine uses Apollo candy bars because that's the prop house that they use, obviously, uses, you know, that's that's their thing is Apollo candy bars. Now, does that mean that Brooklyn Nine-Nine exists in the same universe as Lost? No. The funny thing is, once upon a time... Is it the same logo? Because I'm yeah. not familiar with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's yeah. the same actual, like, Apollo candy bar? Yeah, it's the exact same oh. thing. Um, I don't think I ever knew that. 
And like, like once upon a time, of course, we know has so many references and and all sorts of stuff to Lost because a lot of the same crew worked on it and whatnot. But almost every character in that drinks McCutcheon whiskey, but yet in Lost, McCutcheon whiskey is like this super exclusive thing that only the super rich have. Remember, he says that at one point. He's like, the one swig of this would cost would be your salary for a month or whatever he says. And like, mm-hmm. but it's just the concept that yes, obviously they use the the same thing, but it's it's it there there's other instances. Morley brand cigarettes, by the way, that's um the cigarette smoking man in the X Files. That's what he smoked, and that's what a lot of uh a lot of different shows and films use that because again, it's that prop house. But there's there's a lot of like in my opinion, sort of other interesting things. Just in the way of not just not just props and things uh, carrying over from one to the other, because I feel like that's too easy, right? Like, okay, that just makes sense. You can kind of explain that away of being, you know, okay, they just maybe this fictional universe and that fictional universe both happen to have created the same thing. Was that they say like if you put a monkey in front of a typewriter, eventually it'll type Shakespeare. Right. So they could have these two universes could have developed and evolved in such a way that they both could have used this. But then you have a character like John Munch from Law and Order SVU. Of course, he originated on Homicide Life on the Street and on his Tommy Westfall universe page. It says he is a fictional police detective and an important character in the Westfall multiverse having made more appearances in more shows than any other. And it details sort of where, you know, what he's been on. And again, Homicide Life on the Street, Law and Order SVU, things like that. He has, of course, crossed over onto the original Law and Order series. He has appeared on The X-Files. He appeared on The Beat. He appeared on another Law and Order show. He appeared on an episode as the character, not the actor, the character, played by Richard what the hell is his name? Richard, what's, what is it? Richard Belzer, the actor, appeared as the character of John Munch on Arrested Development, which is about as far away as you can get from Law and Order, I would say. He also appeared as that character on The Wire, and he was featured, uh, well, mentioned, not featured, but he was mentioned by name in the British cop show Luther, uh, fifth episode from the first season of the British cop show Luther, the protagonist tells his colleague to call, quote, Detective Munch in New York. He works the special victims unit. Now he's So has this always been when he's appeared? Has this always been the same actor? It or is this like been, act- Nope, it has always been Richard Belzer appearing as John Munch in oh. all those Law and Orders, Homicide Life on the Street, The Wire, Arrested Development, and so on and so forth. I didn't realize that. I thought it might have been, you know, just something that's passed down where it's like uh, uh, a Jack Ryan type situation where it's like he's just been portrayed over the course of many, many years over by different actors, you know, depending on the story, the movie, the show, whatever. But this is uh, this is all news to me. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, especially Richard Belzer and The Wire, because I'm 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 in the midst of a wire rewatch and I, I can't recall seeing Richard Belzer on there. But now I got to look it up. It says he's shown, uh, features a brief cameo by Munch 
He's shown sitting in a bar complaining about the service. He mentions that he used to run a bar himself, as seen in Homicide. I see. Okay, season five, episode seven. <laughs> and of Character course, that doesn't that doesn't seem yeah. as odd, right? Because like, okay, The Wire, Homicide, Life on the Street, those seem like they could easily be within the same universe as you know Law and Order or what have you. But it's the fact that he crosses over onto Arrested Development. That's the weird one to me. Because because they've made Law and Order references before. No, well, just because Arrested Development is... Be- I mean, I'm not saying Law and & Order and whatnot doesn't have comedy, but just because it's more of a comedic show. And it just doesn't seem like something that a character from Law & Order Special Victims Unit would have appeared on. Because they do so many, like... They have, like, the narrator, and it's kind of documentary style, but not documentary style. Not as much as The Office, but kind of like The Office. And it just, it's very, like, out of place of everything else that that character has appeared in. And then, of course, the fact that um, Arrested Development has crossed over, or at least, you know, has things in common with other shows. Again, sometimes it's just, like, uh, there, there was a show, Running Wild that featured Will Arnett um, and the Bluth Company, which is the main, the, the, the family that owned in Arrested Development, that's their company. Then that name or, or you know, something appears in an episode of Running Wild, which was, a, a, again, a show by that, that Will Arnett was in. So there, that's a crossover. That's just, again, something as simple as a wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge sort of thing that we talk about, again, on Lost and MCU and me and what have you. It's just it when I I just remember and again I haven't like super looked deep into this I'm I'm reading most of this as I'm going through right now but there's over uh, there's a there's a different website that has what it calls the master list of all things that exist within the Tommy Westfall universe and it was last updated in August of 2016 now of course we're in 2022 now how many more things have come out since then but as of August. Uh, 2016 there were 419 shows that technically exist within this Tommy Westfall universe that blew my mind that seems crazy almost unbelievable it does I I mean just because something appears in it though doesn't mean it's made up right like I dream of I've had dreams with the Mars bar in it before. Doesn't mean Mars bars just made up in my mind. It's the same with the Apollo bars, right? Doesn't mean they could be a, a real thing. What does it? I'm not I sure what you mean. Not real, I suppose they're not a real thing. So I suppose that's why it has to be made up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I get myself in a in a muddle now. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I honestly, what you've been speaking about there, I don't know who half those people are, and I've not watched those shows. But I am very interested to know what the links from Lost are. Do you have those in front of you? Please? I do. Let me get back to that page. Uh, Lost. Okay, so it's mostly only because Lost has connections to other shows, such as uh, in Donut Run, an episode of Veronica Mars, which was uh, Kristen Bell. Uh, most everybody knows her now. She was a voice in Frozen. She's done many things, but that's kind of where she, excuse me, really kind of broke out was she was the main character in Veronica Mars. Uh, it says Veronica's fortune cookie message has the same numbers that Hurley won the lottery with. Now, of course, we've all seen those numbers appear in many other things since. 
Um, and the song played by Drive Shaft, Charlie's band, actually appears in an episode of Alias, another J.J. Abrams show. There's a scene where um, I believe it's uh, Sidney Bristow, which is the the character from Alias, her and her father, I think, are at a party or something, and they're either walking out onto a balcony or they're going in from the balcony, in like back in either coming out of the party or going back into the party, and you hear you all everybody playing in the background. It was like season three, I want to say. I'd, I'd have to double check that. But it was like season three or four of Alias, which was about season one or two of Lost. And again, that's just one of those fun little Easter eggs, obviously, uh, Alias by J.J. Abrams and a lot of the same sort of production crew from Bad Robot and Lost, J.J. Abrams and that same production crew from Bad Robot. So that's clearly like a funny little thing. But again, if we're going to assume just for the purposes of this weird kind of rabbit hole that we're going down, that Alias and Lost exist in this same universe, then whatever connections Alias has to other things justify it as being existing within this Tommy Westfall universe. Other things such as fictional brands, like I said, Oceanic Airlines, which is mentioned in various other things. Gannon Car Rentals first appeared in Lost uh, episode Raised by Another. It then went on to appear in Nip Tuck, Heroes and Glee, um, Apollo Bars, again, it's been featured in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Scrubs, and Once Upon a Time, and other things such as Redbox Morley Cigarettes, like I said, which was actually, it says, first smoked by Brenda Walsh in Beverly Hills 90210, then by the Cigarette Smoking Man in The X-Files. Um, they're also smoked by characters in other shows such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Malcolm in the Middle, CSI, Burn Notice, American Horror Story, and The Walking Dead. And then there is a section on almost all of these where it says disconnection with the Westfall universe. Charlie mentions that his ex-girlfriend's father used to work in a, it's actually not that he used to work, but that he was buying, they have this incorrect, a paper factory in Slough, England, but not by name. This is, of course, that's a reference, uh, most people think it's a reference to the original British office. But again, I'm pretty sure there's a thing where The Office either exists as a TV show or something like that. And then there's another one where it says a balloon capsule seen in the show has a list of sponsors on its side. One of these is Nazala Cola, as featured in Kingdom Hospital. However, the logos do not match. And then there's a section that says continuity complication in Fringe. Of course, another J.J. Abrams show, probably just doing a wink-wink, nudge-nudge sort of thing. The episode, The Man from the Other Side, one of the characters is shown watching an episode of Lost. Hey everyone, it's James, recurring guest on Paul and All. Just taking the time out here to let you know about a special bonus episode of Paul and All available right now on Content Club. In it, Paul and I discuss a failed pilot, How I Met Your Dad. We were prepared for How I Met Your Father. Yes, there are two different shows. This episode will never be released in the main feed. So go check it out right now at Content Club, only at patreon.com forward slash clock Thank you. But if I were to click on Fringe, of course, there's several things where allegedly Fringe and the X-Files exist in the same universe, which throws it in with all of those other things. Because again, the character of John Munch, like I just said. 
So there's clearly a lot of connect and disconnect between pretty much anything that I would find unless it's a straight, here's where characters from Saint Elsewhere crossed over or characters from somewhere crossed over onto Saint Elsewhere. And that happened as it happened on many shows over the course of time. I mentioned Brooklyn Nine-Nine earlier. They did a crossover with the Fox show New Girl because they were both on the same night. Um, there was a night on NBC. So let me ask you, was there any uh, links to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Because right now I'm picturing you like like the guy from Always Sunny with everything. <laughs> Charlie with that big board? Behind him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I'm picturing right now. Like Paul's in his house just putting together all these connections and but i mean real it i'd like again and i know this is all just this is all in in fun like i said and and there's clearly a lot more that say that it isn't connected than that it is connected but it was just it was kind of fascinating to me how all of these things just sort of like you never yeah. necessarily realize it have any of you you're reminding me of that i'm imagining that kevin have you ever have you watched dark the uh, the German show. I have not. I have oh, not. I've heard amazing things though. You've got to watch it. But basically, because it's like it's it's got like time travel in it, right? It, it occurs between like I can't remember how many years. It's like thirty three years apart each time in like four different times, and everybody's everybody's connected to everybody else in the different times. It's like everybody's someone's dad or someone's mum or someone's brother or whatever, or they've been with someone, and they're all like incest basically and you have but you basically when you watch it you have to have like the family the up-to-date family tree chart per episode in front of you where you've just got no idea who anybody is or like what's <laughs> going on because it's just so complicated but i do recommend watching it that's a show that's on now or is is done now it's done now i had three seasons it was on um it was a netflix it wasn't too uh long ago um <laughs> i remember 2017 or started 2017 yeah it's was, it was really good i remember uh, wayne and steve fellow losties I, I believe it was wayne I, i'm almost certain steve though but they both said that it was very good and and of course we all know you know a lot of people in the in the lost fandom are always you know looking for what's that next thing what's the next yeah, lost? honestly and, I, I genuinely got like yeah what I call the lost rush. You get it a few times watching dark um, and you don't get that very often. Um, and you know, it, it, if you like watching stuff, subtitles, watching subtitles, but I also watched, I kind of switched between subtitles and dubbed um, and both fine. You still get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Oh, subtitles. So, that's Kevin's thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, semi-related to, to what we're talking about is I, I've kind of, and I'm sure this has occurred with the, uh, the two of you as well. I've kind of diagnosed myself with uh, what I'll call lost brain, where I'll be watching something and like can't help but see connections to lost, even if they weren't supposed to be there. For instance, um, when J.J. Abrams made the uh, first of the third trilogy of Star Wars movies, Force Awakens, I believe, Episode Seven, we'll call it Episode Seven. Um, You're correct it ends on all of with, that. Okay, good. Uh, not a huge Star Wars guy, obviously. Uh, it ends with Rey going to meet Luke Skywalker uh, on this island in the middle of nowhere that's supposedly impossible to find. And it looks very much like 
in Earth Island, right? Like, like a lot of the stuff you see on Star Wars, like you cl- clearly see, like that's alien, that's not on Earth, you know, that it looks like nothing we have here. This looks like an island when she approaches it, that could be in the South Pacific or something like that, right? I mean, I, I believe it was actually closer to Andy. So I always look at it and I think more kind of United Kingdom when I look at that island, but I totally get what you're saying. So, yeah, but it looks like it could be on Earth. Long story short. Yes. You know, obviously the Lost Island moves around. doesn't necessarily have to be in the Pacific. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my brain for years, however many years there were between Episode 7 and Episode 8, when Ryan Johnson just, you know, took everything and, and put it to shit, um, I was thinking that because Star Wars is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that it's far, far away from Earth. She had to go far, far away to find Luke. It's a long time ago, so it doesn't necessarily have to be in modern times. It can be in thousands, even millions of years ago, whatever. Um, That when Rey came there, I believed that Luke was hiding out on the Lost Island. And that's why it was so hard to find him. And then, you know, they needed to find these maps and he was so far away and everything. And then, of course, that theory went to shit right at the beginning of of episode eight. But it was fun to think of that for for those years where they could actually be connecting all this, obviously, because it's both were made by J.J. Abrams. Everything was owned by Disney at the time. I was like, they could literally do this if they really wanted to. And then, of course, they didn't. But that's just an example of how Lost infiltrates my thoughts and other things that I watch. See, I never, I don't necessarily think about, can, is this gonna connect in that same way? Um, I'm, I'm more, I kind of do like the behind the scenes thing. There was, um, there's a site, I think it's just, I think they just refer to it as the Oracle, but uh, Lost, of course, mentioned it several, or, you know, at least, like, kind of referenced at it or hinted at it many times, the whole concept of six degrees of separation, and then people started doing six degrees of Kevin Bacon some years back, where you can connect anybody to anybody, you know, or really anybody to Kevin Bacon in six moves or less. So-and-so appeared with this person in a movie, who appeared with this person in a movie, who appeared with Kevin Bacon in a movie, therefore they have a Bacon number of whatever. And see now you it's funny because you're talking like me and I'm talking like you. Right. Normally you could bring up something like this, and now you're talking about like the logistics of the reality of it all. <laughs> like I could I could have hopped on here and said, Oh yeah, there's probably some commonality between like the some writers or friends with a producer who had said include this, whatever. No, I'm trying to like link it story wise, you know, being all connected, and here you go talking about Kevin Bacon. See, well that's the thing we, is we've like, really switched spots here. Story story wise, I I never and maybe I'm a, maybe Andy does, and I and maybe I'm just alone in that. I I don't necessarily think that somebody's gonna make something as a connection to Lost or you know really anything because and I don't just mean anything, but like I never necessarily think like oh uh, Damon Lindelof did the leftovers or Watchmen or you know what have you. Maybe he'll maybe he'll throw away a lost reference in there, but I don't necessarily think that somebody's gonna like find, I mean, and it's, it's actually, once you start saying that, I remember when we covered, um, LAX part one, uh, on, 
I think it was LAX part one for Lost with Friends. And I said that what, what I thought my theory for season six was going to be. And I described it and I just remember Andy going like, man, my heart was just racing just then because what you just said, like it, it got my, my blood pumping. I would have loved if that happened or, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> but what you just said about about Star Wars that got my heart racing and I was like, oh my gosh, that would have been amazing if that would have happened. I don't necessarily think, I never, I never once thought, Oh, that would be cool if it happened. When you said it, I thought, oh, that would be cool if it happened. But it didn't enter my brain in that way of like story wise. I always go sort of, I, I think, production wise, because I, I don't think that a lot of them, a lot of writers and things will think that way. I mean, I, again, I think they'll they'll do, you know, a wink or a nod here or there for the fans. I mean, it was literally J.J. Abrams like that. That's right. Part part of the reason why it was right at the front of of my brain there. Well, like, know? what is it? Um, the first Cloverfield movie has like the Dharma logo somewhere, as like a like a mm -hmm. like a wink to the fans. Like, oh, J.J. worked on this. He worked on on Lost, and you know, you could see how there's the connection. But I never necessarily. But and I I know there were. I'm I'm pretty sure there were people who thought that the Cloverfield monster was gonna somehow be related to the smoke monster or something. I never necessarily yeah. thought like that. I think that's really cool. Like, I think that could have been a really cool thing, but I just, I don't know. It does. It doesn't. It, I never think that, that companies are going to like do that. Do well, I mean? of course the bigger story would have been that the star Wars galaxy has now reached earth. Right. Like that, like that's, that would have been the larger connectivity of it, and and that's what most people would have related to it. But if you would have said, not only is it Earth, but it's the Lost Island, and that was just a little Easter egg, you know, you never have to explicitly say it. Um, I just thought it would have been interesting because because Earth is like never, almost never mentioned in, in any kind of Star Wars canon, so right. it would have been you know something brand new for the whole brand. It would have been really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked it. I don't. What do you think, Andy? Do you do you do you ever get like that where you think you know? Because I know I know you and I have talked sometimes where you say that sometimes um, not that you necessarily put lost away, but it is one of those things where it was X amount of years ago. And I know like you got really into Game of Thrones and whatnot. Like, do you ever do that where you think maybe something will come back and whether, and I'm not even just saying lost, but like Kevin said, where something or other might connect to lost or it might connect to another show. And then. I a hundred percent do what you do, Paul. Um, you know, I, I will watch anything that is got connections with lost just in the hope that there'll be a reference, <laughs> you know, get excited by it that way. But in terms of like, um, extra easter eggs that could add in more to the mythology of the show no i don't but i kind of wish i did that lost brain i like the idea of it i feel like if there was one mental illness i could have that would be <laughs> it. yeah actually that's oh. true I'd, I'd rather that than probably some of the other ones that i have undiagnosed <laughs> oh I, I have it i 100 have it and i just i actually just looked it up and paul i'm pretty sure we've talked about this uh on one of the last film review podcasts we did um, but the movie Fantasy Island that came out uh, in early 2020, just before, you know, uh, everything went to hell, uh, the movie Fantasy Island, I couldn't help but see like a magical island that had a protector where the impossible became possible and the dead came back to life. 
and the source of magic was a stone inside a spring that was deep inside a cave. Like, you can't tell me that I was wrong for thinking of Lost when they had all of those things in common. No, I think you're absolutely right. And then it's, but it is, it is kind of, I don't want to say funny, um, but think about how when Lost, not only when it got started, but when it was still like in production, like few seasons in, people were always trying to argue, oh, this is everybody at the, everybody at the beginning. Oh, it's just Gilligan's Island. You know what I mean? Like there's, and I, you, you're right with what you just said with that, with Fantasy Island, that was a lot of similarities. Like probably if, if somebody had made a lawsuit, I wouldn't have been surprised based off of all of those things you just said. Now, some things are pretty generic, such as, oh, people crashed on an island that happened on Gilligan's Island that happened on Lost. That's pretty much where the, where the connection ends. There was a show. I, I obviously we know uh, Jeffrey Lieber. Uh, the the third credited co-creator of Lost uh, sued or had a writer's guild. I don't know if it was an official lawsuit, but basically something with the writer's guild where he was like, hey, I was commissioned to write this. Then J.J. and Damon came on, even though they allegedly threw out the script. He, you know, Jeffrey Lieber still got credit as, you know, a co-creator of Lost because he wrote Nowhere or whatever it was called. And there are other things throughout television history of that. There was a show back in the, I want to say, 70s called The New People, which was basically Lord of the Flies. Again, incredibly similar scenario to Lost, but I never necessarily think, oh, they're going to make this, you know, like I don't necessarily think like Stephen King has done that from my understanding with his books where it was, this is a story, then this is, you know, and they're all separate. And then he did the dark tower where he's just like, all of them are connected and I'm even a character in it. Take that suckers time travel and shit <laughs> like that to me. And don't get me wrong. I mean, dark towers like a very, like very complex, but very good like story overall, but it just kind of throws me where it's, it, American Horror Story is a perfect example. They said each season was going to be its own thing. And maybe one or two things. Oh, this character shows up. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then suddenly they were like, we're going to do one season that shows you how all of them were connected. That's Then how do you explain how everyone looks the same? You know? <laughs> that's the thing that bugs me about that kind of stuff. If you, if you, I mean, people can look alike. That, that, that's like... You know, give somebody a different haircut. You know, I might look. I, I put it this way: I have been sent so many pictures from friends of mine who like sneakily take a picture of someone out in the wild and be like, "I thought this was you." And I remember my mother even t- took a newspaper clipping from some kid who won a spelling bee back in the day or something like that, and was like, "Look at this kid's picture. He looks just like you." So, and that's just people in my immediate area, you know, that, and then my friends of me who friends of mine who are seeing these people who look just like me, apparently like, so I'm not putting too much, you know, stock in that because people can look alike, you know, I'm sure, you know, you see it all the time. People who go up to random people on the street and think they're celebrities and say, Hey, can I get a picture with you or something like that? And then it's just not, they do say that statistically there's, five other people in this world who look exactly like you and my apologies to all those people out there 
uh, who look like me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You have to deal with that. Um, and I don't just mean like everybody says my father looks like me. Cause like uh, that makes sense. Like I wouldn't, if, if somebody like put Andy, Arthur and Tony together and was like, look, here's three of them. Like, obviously they look the same. They're freaking brothers. Like it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like something like that. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if somebody that's, that's, you know, born in California today looks, you know what I mean? Would look like me. That's that just genetically that creeps me out because maybe there's a connection, but like, why, you know, (laughs) but like I said, I didn't, I mean, I didn't necessarily think this was going to be like a full, like in depth conversation. I just, I was so curious if, if either one of you had ever heard of this before, I was, I was curious, especially considering, like I said, St. Elsewhere is often regarded as sometimes it's, it's more often included in the worst series finales only because I think I've never like watched the finale, but I think it kind of just like ended and it was like, okay, just like another day in the hospital, which to me is how a show like that should end because it's not like a lost where there's a definitive ending it's like or like you know the hospital closes down now we go all go off on our separate ways like that's an ending other than that just do you know that's just another we saved another life or this time we didn't save the life that's how that's how the system works or what have you but then for them to pull back and be like the whole thing existed in a snow globe Hey there, folks, just taking another break to remind you to check out our social media pages. We're trying to grow those, and we're wondering what you want to see more from us. Uh, You can let us know your feedback on our shows. You can let us know uh, feedback on just about anything, really, over on our social medias. You can make requests for various guests that you want to maybe return to certain shows, or you can give us topics Um, You can check out all of that and you can even find pretty much across the various platforms the people that have been on uh, our shows because we follow them and are followed by them pretty much everywhere Uh, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are clock shelves. Of course, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. We are trying to grow our social media presence, as I said. So um, in addition to us trying to post as often as we uh, post new content for you, uh, we're also trying to make everyone else aware of our social media. So make sure you go give us a follow, maybe even uh, share us sometimes, you know, when we post new stuff. It's at clock shelves. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's like, um, this is probably going to mean nothing to Andy just because it's an American soap. And Kevin, I am highly doubt, I know you'll be aware of the concept. I don't know if you ever watched it, but the original show Dallas. Most everyone knows there was a big controversy there because one of the actors was killed off. And then like two seasons later... His wife goes in and she hears the shower. She opens the door and there he is. And then it turns out that the last like two seasons that we just all experienced were a dream that she had a very terrible dream and whatever. And so that was their way where they could like re is a soap opera, obviously, but like they can reinvigorate and bring back this person that got killed off and this person that left and, and you know, why this didn't really happen. And they could undo so many things that they wanted to do. 
But there was a spinoff show from Dallas, which they had had multiple crossovers and things up until that point. But the producers of Dallas never contacted really to tell the producers of the spinoff show, Hey, we're going to negate the last two years. So then suddenly there's this spinoff show that had connections that just basically had to cut all ties to their parent show because they didn't get consulted on the fact that the last two seasons had actually been a dream. I cannot believe that real life television had managed to do that. That sounds that sounds terrible. <laughs> it was. It was. No, but people did not like it. <laughs> people did not like it. <laughs> well, it, and it, it was notable because it was like the first time they had done something like that. Like it's the, the mid 80s, I think it was. And it was like, oh, yeah, it was all a dream. And now we can do whatever we want. Like you've seen more stuff uh, akin to that over the years. But that was like the first time on a really large scale. Like this was, yeah, it was when an entire season. That's season nine. I'm reading that's absolutely mental. And, like, yeah. daytime soaps had done things like that. Not to that extent where, like, a whole year. But they had obviously done things on... Because that was a primetime soap. And it's... Mm -hmm. Obviously, again, it's different here than it is, like, over in, in England and whatnot. Daytime soaps and whatnot. But daytime soaps had done things... Again, maybe not a whole year was a dream. I think uh, Dark Shadows actually did that once back in the 60s, though, where they, they went into, like, an alternate dimension for, like, half a year or whatever. But other than that, but that was a supernatural sci-fi fantasy show. You can get away with things like that. But, like, they would do things where so-and-so got a face transplant or a brain transplant or whatever to explain <laughs> here's here's why it's a different actor. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. Or or so-and-so wasn't really dead. They were just hiding in a cave for the last three years. That's why they're back on the show now. Because they really, they renegotiated a better contract or whatever. Like, that's, you know, uh, day, daytime soaps, that, that happened. But, no, like Kevin said, like, on a nighttime, like, big scale like that show, that had never really happened before. Yeah. Um, but just changing the subject slightly, but keeping on the spinoffs. Um Something that um, you two may have watched already, but I only just stumbled on it the other night, uh, which I'm finding absolutely hilarious, is uh, Peacemaker. Have you watched that show? I, I did, yes. Oh, I haven't, I've only watched two episodes, but I find it absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is really funny, and, like, James Gunn, has his stock has shot so far up for me, you know, since the first Guardians movie. Um, I feel like anything he touches is is great, um, and I and it's not from any sort of loyalty. It's just anything I've seen from him has been awesome, um, and the fact that you know he's getting this performance and this story from John Cena, who obviously Paul and I go way back watching, like from his early days as a professional wrestler. I mean, that's when I used to like wrestling when I was a kid. John Cena was always my favorite. Yeah, and to see him do that and to, to, to this now, it's crazy, right? Like, Yeah, I feel like John Cena, when he came out of wrestling, he, he went down the wrong road, right? He tried to become the action hero, which was just not him. But since he's landed in comedy, I think he's brilliant. He's an absolutely fantastic actor. Yeah, and I think that really started, I think it was, uh, I forget what the movie was called, because I see so many damn movies, but like he was the, the parent of a teenager in, in some movie where Co the parents were trying. Blockers. Yes, I think, yes. Or blockers. maybe I think it was just called Blockers, because they had to, they couldn't say cock blockers or something, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that started from there, and you just saw how funny he was in that, and there was even a Hulu movie last year, 
uh, Vacation Friends, I think it was called. He's hilarious in that. Um, like, again, not the best movies in the world, but just like if you want to sit back and laugh and enjoy something, you know, it, yeah, yeah, the, there's just magic there somehow. You know, you put James Gunn and, and John Cena together somehow. It's great. But I guess he really started that with Dave Bautista, too. I guess we should go back to, to that. Like he got the most the mo- more than I ever would have thought you could get out of Dave Bautista when he made him Drax. I 100 percent agree with that. With, with that. I haven't watched the the Peacemaker thing. Um, my friend Zach loved it. Um, I think he said he watched he like he watched it and then he watched it all over again and what have you. And I saw an article where um, I don't want to spoil it, but I guess there's some big reference to the grander DC something or other towards the end. And that was actually uh, filmed on Marvel's dime. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. And I'm, I mean, not that I watched a ton of James Gunn stuff early on, but I mean, he's had that sort of really good balance of comedy and seriousness and all that ever since his days with trauma. So, yeah. Yes. See, that goes back. I, I only knew him from guardians on. So, well, he did. Cause uh, he that... did, he did a lot of the, I think he worked, I think he started as like a second unit on a lot of trauma trauma. Uh, they, I, Kevin, I know you know this New Jersey and whatnot, but they did like the toxic Avenger and they've done a lot of the like, weird parody stuff uh tromeo and juliet and things like that um and then he did a few movies he did um slither uh which has like nathan fillion and people like that um and i think he did what's the 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 rain wilson movie it's like kick ass where it's like hey i can be a superhero but like he just basically beats people over the head with a wrench um i think it's just called (laughs) super maybe but yeah, it's like Rain Wilson, and as I'm pretty sure it's James Gunn did that movie too. It's it's kind of like Kick Ass, where it's like I'm a normal person, but I can be like a vigilante or whatever. But he just like beats people with a wrench or whatever. Like there's obviously more to it, but yeah. And he did that, and then um, I just talked about this recently. That's similar to one of the characters in Peacemaker, as you'll probably see. Yeah, um, I talked about this recently on a on an MCU and Me episode where. Um, now, Kevin, I know you're not like a big Joss Whedon fan. I'm a fan of his work, as I've as I've talked about many times. Um, but he, a lot of people that are fans of his think that he does a really good job, or did at least back when you know he was very popular, uh, did a very good job with kind of balancing some you know funny and sarcasm with the serious action stuff. And allegedly, when James Gunn signed on to do Guardians. He wrote a few drafts and stuff, and that's when Joss Whedon was still kind of uh, upper tier at Marvel, and he made the comment to James Gunn where he's like, they hired you to be James Gunn, so don't write a movie you think Marvel wants, write a James Gunn movie, and that's when he started to really make Guardians his own, and obviously it worked because... We got him on Guardians, Guardians 2. He's coming back for Guardians 3. They started going that direction with getting, like, Taika Waititi in there for, you know, a lot of Marvel stuff. And they seem to kind of like that direction for at least some of the Marvel stuff. And obviously there's a bigger overarching story and a production, you know, Kevin Feige overseeing everything. But I like how they're letting these uh, directors and writers and stuff have more of their own voice in, in all these projects that they're putting out. So, so 
I will be honest. I, I don't. I, I mean, again, I kind of I kind of only brought this up because I just thought it would be like a fun little thing. Like I said, when when one website lists uh, as of again as of August 2016, with there being 419 things within the Tommy Westfall multiverse, um, I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be you know where we would spend again and we didn't i didn't think we would spend you know every minute talking about it but i just kind of wanted to propose this idea to you guys as just like this fun little little thing and again some of it is just because of you know a lot of props whether it be the the cigarette company that they you know they all smoke the same cigarettes or they all eat the same bag of potato chips or they all visit the same you know fake gas station it's just like you see the same license plates on a lot of cars in movies and things because they've reserved those license plates so you know average citizens can't get them because they belong to whether it's the particular prop house or the production studio or what have you but i just thought it was funny that people have gone more than me people who probably do have like uh, kevin said earlier about uh, about charlie from it's always sunny they probably do have you know walls filled with papers and and strings pointing from this to that and whatever and again there's mo at least two websites kind of uh devoted to it but I just thought it was this this interesting thing that I sort of wanted to run past you two and kind of get your uh, opinion on this this fun little concept of the Tommy Westfall multiverse. No, and thank you, Paul. I absolutely love it. I, I apologize that I couldn't bring more insight to it. Obviously, uh, I don't know much about it, but I'm definitely going to go away and, and find out more because it seems fascinating. I mean, it's just like I can... Uh, let's see. I'm just going to randomly just go to a show uh, like Three's Company, which I <laughs> like. OK, Kevin, you left. So like you obviously that somehow I'd have to look it up. But that somehow exists in the wider scope of the Tommy Westfall thing. Like that does not seem like the type of show that would cross over with St. Elsewhere. You know what I mean? Or like that 70s show. I mean How does that 70s show crossover but it does somehow some way <laughs> i really feel like the the community of people who make these you know you know for the most part big time tv shows is smaller than we realize like a lot you know everybody's a friend of a friend who knows this person and they're connected to this or they have the same agent so it doesn't surprise me too much that all of these things can be, especially a show like Three's Company is probably airing at the same time. So there's probably, if you really dug into it, like you said, like like Always Sunny, um, th there's probably a lot of uh, uh, commonality here uh, as far as writers, directors, etc. Well, one of the things I, I do want to I do want to mention. So, um, like you guys know, I'm a I'm a big fan of the show Friends. And one of the things that they did one time on Friends was actually NBC did it and other networks, at least here in the States, have have done this as well, where they'll do like a theme night, you know, and I, I don't just mean, oh, it's all Thanksgiving episodes or it's all Christmas episodes tonight or what have you. But in I want to say it was like season two or three of Friends. So like ninety five, ninety six, something like that. Um, they did a, a thing where they did uh, the because it's 
primetime is is two hours from eight to ten is considered primetime television here in the states and i'm only saying that because i don't know how much andy knows about that sort of deal when it comes to primetime versus not on american television um but basically if you have you know two hours that's four shows if you do half hour comedies which nbc did obviously friends being one of them the first show in the block basically somebody i may may have been seinfeld it may not have been but they did something where somebody caused new york city to have a blackout or at least part of new york city to have a blackout so then in all the other shows in that block on that night they did because they all existed in New York City. They all, you know, had a blackout sort of deal. And, you know, it that was just like a fun little thing of like, oh, this shows, quote unquote, that they all exist in the same universe. But it becomes a little bit more complicated when you have. I'll give you another example. Full House. Everyone knows that's one of my absolute favorite shows. Full House featured an appearance or two by the character of Steve Urkel from family matters. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Urkel also appeared. I mean, in addition to being on family matters, one of the main characters, he appeared on full house and then he appeared on a show step by step. He creates a jet pack and he flies off into the sky in family matters. And then the very next episode on TV that night was, was step by step, which actually fun fact starred uh the guy who was the guy that we were talking about from dallas who died and then came back um (laughs) patrick duffy there we go um uh but so steve urkel then crashes into the yard of the family on step by step and so then because there's a smart science so so let let me let me put this in, in in context for everybody family matters took place in chicago full house took place in san francisco step by step took place in Wisconsin, maybe like Racine, Wisconsin, something along those lines. I'm not sure the exact town, but for Urkel to be flying a jetpack from place to place, that's that's the idea. Well, to be fair, he didn't fly the jetpack to San Francisco. I'll, I'll, he it was just it was he that was he was visiting his cousin on that one. That, oh, that's what oh, that was. Okay. No, that was a separate thing. But just the fact that he exists in that show, he exists in the Full House universe. He obviously exists in his own universe. And then in an, in something separate, he flies to the step-by-step show, right? I can see Andy do, going on a map right now and doing the yeah, map. Yeah, right, exactly. He's probably – he's, he's like calculating like actual jet miles versus, you know, car mi- – or kilometers, I should say, um, you know, and things like that. Over this last year, the entertainment space changed drastically. With many TV series being binged, many films seeing digital releases like never before, and many in show business starting or growing their online presence. Many actors, directors, producers, and more began to delve into the world of podcasting. Whether it was actors re-watching and giving behind-the-scenes details on their long-running series, directors appearing to discuss their filmographies, or even comedians launching series to help grow their audience in a time when touring was non-existent, the podcasting landscape changed. And though we at Clock Shelves Entertainment have tried to consistently bring you new content, we know we haven't always kept up our end of the bargain. But we would like 
to take a moment to thank you for sticking with us. And with so many options out there, we began to question how we exactly fit into the current space. We realized that although we may not have those involved in your favorite Marvel films or your favorite TV series or music genre, we have the unique fan perspective. We have something no one else has. Global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics in many entertaining scenarios. Yes, we have great times. We have the unique perspective of offering the different viewpoints from literally all around the globe. We'd like to thank you for sticking with us and we hope to continue bringing you more great times ahead. We've always said Clock Shelves Entertainment is a great way to pass the time. Great times ahead. Um, we still use miles in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> just, we, just do, we just do everything else the smarter way. <laughs> I, actually, I, I won't with disagree with that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, but then the reason I say all of that is because later in step-by-step, Step, like two, three seasons after that, John Stamos appears as John Stamos, not as Uncle Jesse. <laughs> so how the, and I mean, again, it's just a silly, goofy thing. I totally understand. But how can Steve Urkel exist in full house and in step-by-step? But John Stamos somehow exists in Step by Step, but also plays Uncle Jesse on Full House. And again, this could go to your thing, Kevin, of yes, people can look alike and so on and so forth. But that's just one of those things that bugs a good portion of the Internet. Well, it's a silly, goofy thing on, on silly, goofy shows, uh, you know, not for nothing. But these aren't shows that were. Uh, say like a Damon Lindelof show. It wasn't like a, a Leftovers or, or a Watchmen that's meant to be taken very seriously over the course of several episodes. Like this is, this was probably made by hundreds of different writers, directors, producers, uh, and they just you know figured, okay, this would be fun if we throw this in there. So, uh, I absolutely I agree. What I will also say though is let's not forget our you know show that brought the three of us together features a smoke monster so it's not a hundred percent the most serious thing as well <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know andy andy you know andy got on my case one time i think it was i think i left it in the episode but i said something about like yeah you know we all like a silly little television show and he's like i cannot believe you just referred to lost as a silly <laughs> little television show like he got like so <laughs> do you remember that andy I do not remember that, but I stand by it. <laughs> that is kind of sacrilege. Yeah, exactly. How day. But like I said, I just I thought, and again, I again, I knew it was going to be like this, you know, silly little discussion about this universe. Um, but well, one of the reasons we, that I started to say that uh, before about all the like actual crossovers was because apparently St. Elsewhere did have actual crossovers with other shows. 
um, such as uh, the Mary. It was actually produced by Mary Tyler Moore's production company, so it had some appearances by people that had things to do with Mary Tyler Moore shows. One of the characters mentions having served in Korea with his drinking buddy B.J. Honeycutt, which is, of course, one of the main characters in uh, the television series Mash, because I'm, you know, eighty something years old and I remember watching Mash. Um, yeah. You know, but you, like you, you were originally like sixty five or sixty six, whatever Jake called you, but you're definitely in your eighties now. <laughs> but there again, there are uh, there are many things where uh, it it legitimately crossed over with other shows, and then there are ones where it just mentions you know things like that and and whatnot. There's actually there's a whole section on Wikipedia about it. Like I said, there's this whole there's at least two websites devoted to you know all of these things that exist in the grander universe of the tommy westfall universe or multiverse or what have you i just thought today uh just as you know we're all the three of us and probably anybody listening going through life and i feel like we don't have maybe you two do and maybe i do as well like at work and whatnot but i feel i haven't had like a a fun, silly discussion on Paul and all in quite a while. We've been doing some, and I don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the serious topics as well, but we've been doing things such as, uh, you know, what's been happening in each other's lives. Um, I did an episode recently with our friend Mike, where I talked to, you know, we talked about uh, some of the songs that Rolling Stone considers the greatest songs of all time. Uh, we did uh, an episode recently about, um, separating art from the artist. I talked about Joss Whedon before and, mm. you know, things like that. Basically the concept of, can you enjoy someone's artistic work? Even when you find out that the person isn't necessarily the greatest in real life, Joss Whedon being one of those people. And so I just thought this fun kind of lighthearted uh, discussion of do all television shows or most television shows all exist in the same universe? I thought it could be a fun little thing for us to sort of talk about and take, you know, an hour or so to have a, have a discussion about today. Well, like you said, this is uh this is Paul and all. Um, we have talked about lost a fair amount. We've sprinkled in a little bit of the MCU and I will say just a little bit more of the MCU. We're recording this uh, peek behind the curtain early April, 2022. I just saw Morbius the other night. Now, Paul, when you started MCU and me, it was a pretty straight line. Like not not, <laughs> straight, not perfectly straight, but a pretty straight line of connectivity uh, throughout the MCU, right? Uh, they're just taking that line, and 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 it's gone all over. It's it's like the end of Loki, pretty much. Like yeah. they they weren't kidding when they showed you that. Like it is now really getting ridiculous, and and. You want to talk about this person in this universe looks like this person. The the fact that that we have Sony, and it's it's this is one hundred percent on Sony, uh, muddying up our precious MCU. I, I I'm I'm taking a little offense to it, but whatever. No, I totally I I haven't, and it's it's a discussion that I'm I'm gonna have to get into one of these days. Probably you and Liam and some other people <laughs> with regards to going forward probably mid we're get, we're about to start phase three very soon so probably mid phase three and then i'll start really like figuring it out but what from the past am i gonna have to watch pretty sure the answer is everything 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely uh, coming up uh, on that. But no, you're you're right, and it's it, like I said, they're they're literally going to be coming out with a with a movie soon called Multiverse of Madness, and you know where a lot of that stuff. So it it kind of is on brand, I guess this uh, this discussion here. Um, but yeah, no, I thought, uh, I, I just know Marvel's got to be kicking themselves over, you know, selling these rights to Sony, however many years ago that happened. Like it's, it's just a shame. Yeah. Uh, but I, I knew that, um, I, Kevin, I knew you were one of the people that I wanted to have this discussion with. And, um, I, when I said, you know, I have an idea, who do you think? And you said, bring me a corn forth. <laughs> and I know Andy's pretty much up for talking about anything. And I know you said earlier, Andy, that you didn't really, you didn't feel you had much to contribute, but, or contribute, sorry. Um, I think you did a really good job with it uh, because, especially with not knowing a lot with regards, and I'm not saying you don't know a lot, but there was a lot of American television talk. Um, but again, I, hey, I threw, I threw Luther in there. That's, you know, that's an English yeah. show. Well. <laughs> Well, it's uh, in 40 minutes. I've got the the series finale of of Peaky Blinders to watch. If you watch that, it's the last ever episode tonight. I've heard I've heard that's good. I'm guessing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let me just do a quick look and see if Peaky Blinders is connected. Shall I? <laughs> uh, that show's I... been on a very long time, has it? Hasn't it? So, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a classic BBC thing, you know. It's only got, you know, we only have six episodes in a series. Yeah, it's been going on for about 10 years, but it's only had six seasons. I think because most of the actors are like, you know, Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy, you know, all these big actors, you know, they do like a, six episodes every two or three years. Yeah, isn't it like like Sherlock where it's like, oh, this is our side project that we... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, they, well, six... Six seasons, six episodes, 36 episodes. It takes them 10 years to do it. But yeah. yeah, it's very good. So according to this, it does not appear that Peaky Blinders exists within the Tommy <laughs> Westfall universe. So there we go. We hard. found. Yeah, it would be quite hard because it's based in like the, the, the 20s and 30s. So um, it'd be well, like pretty I said, impressive. That 70s show somehow exists in there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but. And like, and I mean, even again, supernatural, which you wouldn't think would would be able to, but uh, yeah, no. Again, I won't. Uh, I know you said it's that's coming on for you in a little bit. I know. Um, in not too long from now, at least the pre-show is going to start. We're recording this on WrestleMania Sunday, giving you even more of a peek behind the curtain. So I know Kevin and I are going to be uh, gearing up to watch <laughs> that separately. So uh, I won't take up too much more of your time, gentlemen. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm so glad we got to uh, catch up here today. Uh, before I kick it to, oh, let's finish up and give out any social media things. Do we have anything else that we want to uh, discuss, whether it be about, uh, you know, crossover universes or uh, anything else before we head out of here on this episode today? I'm sure we'll be talking much more about multiverses here uh, in, in the near future. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, uh, Kevin, why don't you let them know where they can find you all across the internet? Uh, all forms of social media. Find me at seventh power, spell it out, uh, replace the B with the seven. Andy. Yeah. You can find me as uh, Andy Comforth on Instagram and YouTube. 
Um, yeah. And he's not really on social media anymore. That's why I wanted to get him on here so I could at least yeah, exactly. with him a little bit. <laughs> I am on social media, but I'm not. I delete. I think I deleted my Facebook. So um, you have to find me on Instagram these days. You know, I'm down with the cool kids. Although I think that's TikTok now. Is it? I don't Correct. know what. What Kevin's on do. TikTok. Kevin's on TikTok. I made I made one exactly one parentheses number one close parentheses TikTok. Yes, I have. If you want, if you want to, so I believe my cat has a TikTok. Bernie, <laughs> Bernie the British Shorthair. So if you want to find him there, you might be able to see some more daily life of myself, where you just see me with my cat. I'm uh, on it. I'm gonna, is, I gotta look that, that, that up. Car is. That's Cara's doing, but you know, I'm, I think I'm a, uh, I play a big part in, in the videos. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to be subscribing to that. Um, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. You can find all of us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Clockshelves. That's C L O C K S H E L V E S. Uh, as I said, technically, yes, I'm on TikTok. I'm, on, I'm there under the clock shelves banner. Um, it originally started out trying to post clips from things to, uh, you know, get people to perhaps, you know, like want to listen, like little previews. I'm, I feel like I should get back to that. Um, I've posted a few like weird uh, things of my own, though. But yeah, if you wanted to, you can find uh, clock shelves on TikTok as well. Um, yeah, Paul, oh, I'm sorry. Andy, 18,000 followers. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> People, the internet is just cats, right? Wow. <laughs> wow. Kevin, are you, Kevin, why are you so surprised? To start promoting podcasts. Why are you, why are you so surprised that people love pussy? <laughs> Good point. I'm there. I'm a follower now. <laughs> Andy, I will cut that joke if you want me to. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I have fun. I've, I've done. I've said far dirtier things on uh, on this podcast on your podcast before. <laughs> that is true. Um, thank you guys once again for being on here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Ke- that is Kevin and Andy, and I am Paul. And for now, that is all. <laughs>